are listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. One of our sponsors of the Dairy Voice podcast is National DHIA. NDHIA ensures information accuracy and represents their members' interests. They are the direct voice for the dairy information industry. To find out more, go to dhia.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's Dairy Voice podcast. I'm Connie Cooper with Seal Pro Silage Barrier Film and Connor AgriScience. Traditionally, summertime and fall are the busiest and most stressful times of year on a farm, what with managing the herd, heat stress, temperature fluctuations, this year's drought, sometimes we have too much rain, and then in the fall we have harvest. That on top of family, the kids are all around out of school, and we try to slip in vacations. There's just a lot going on. So this time of year accentuates our stress levels and maybe triggers our mental health issues, maybe not just with us, but with our family. Today, we are talking about mental health with Monica Kramer McConkie, who is a rural mental health counselor with Eyes on the Horizon Consulting in Northwest Minnesota, just outside of Detroit Lakes. We're also going to be including Amanda Borkowski, who is the interactive media lead for Dairy Girl Network. And that's how I met Monica was through Amanda. Dairy Girl Network is an organization of all women in dairy industry, providing networking and education opportunities. So with that little introduction, welcome to the conversation, Monica and Amanda, and we're glad to have you here to talk to us today about this very important subject. So Monica, can we get started with you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. So long story short, I'm a farm girl turned farm counselor, grew up on a farm in Northwestern Minnesota. Um, It's currently a fifth generation farm. As my parents, brother and son uh, kind of running the show. I grew up showing dairy. We didn't dairy, but I showed dairy in 4-H and we had beef and hogs on occasion. So I went into um, college after high school, got degrees in psychology and counseling and, and have worked really in, in rural mental health for the past 26 years. And in 2019, I had the opportunity to sign a contract with the state of Minnesota to really focus in on providing counseling services to farmers and ranchers and their families. So that's my, the focus of my work right now is all around egg mental health. And I do work in primarily Minnesota, North Dakota, and Wisconsin. Um, A lot of speaking and training on the topic, as well as direct service. So I'm talking with farmers every day, sitting down at their kitchen table in person, meeting with them virtually over the phone, whatever works for them. That has to be a, a, a comforting thing for one of, for your clients to know that you do have farm experience. It definitely helps because we know how hard the mental health conversation can be. So if we can just start by talking about the weather, the crops, the cattle, you know, I can, it helps for me to be able to talk their language and understand what's going on and know the questions to ask. And so it, it really is a good foot in the door and it decreases apprehension of what the process is going to be like. So yes, I feel very blessed to have that background and bring that into my current work. Now, Amanda, tell us about yourself. 
my name is Amanda Borkowski, and I am the interactive media lead with Dairy Girl Network. I have been with DGN now for five years, and, and through that, I started just doing like social media and things like that, and now it's expanded so much, and a bit of that is also building and growing um, our own in-house mental health initiative, which we call Stronger Together. As someone who has personally dealt with mental tragedy in my family and with my own personal struggles, I've just always felt this like calling to to be a support and to offer resources to others and just just be a friend and just be an ear. And so through that, um, I've had the opportunity to do a bunch of mental health trainings and then build stronger together. And this initiative is a way for us to reach the entire industry, not just dairy women. We offer free webinars during May Mental Health Awareness Month. We host this resource hub on our website, which is just a great list of websites and chats and phone numbers and, and just various resources that someone could access. And then I think the biggest part of it that has been really impactful for me personally is we have a private Facebook group called Exchange. And in there, we offer these really awesome space to have conversations and raw and real conversations and throw through Stronger Together. We have given women the opportunity to share their own personal stories. And that has just been so powerful. And especially when we started this a handful of years back, there weren't a lot of organizations or companies or space that was really talking about mental health yet. So we were one of the few on the forefront and it was just new and it was scary, but it was so encouraging for these individuals to share what they had gone through, what they were going through. And it ranged from depression, anxiety, postpartum, you know, the selling the cows and all that that goes through, um, industry situations, you know, you name it, there was a story on it. It just built this space where people could look and be like, oh, I'm not alone. I might not have felt that same way, but I am not alone. And um, the individuals that shared their stories were just showered in support and love and just a, a thank you for, for being vulnerable and sharing. And so I just, that has moved me and that's moved our organization to keep really continuing doing that. And so as someone who didn't necessarily grow up in dairy, I really got involved in dairy in college and just have run with it ever since and a bunch of different aspects and found my home here at Dairy Girl. But it has just been a moving piece of my life to interact with farmers and industry women and learn about kind of like what Monica said, like the farming culture and all that entails and how to work with that as well. And I don't know, it just, uh, it just means a lot to me. And so through all that, we met Monica and she has been a great asset to us. And I'm really glad to have her on with us today. California Bioenergy is a leading developer of dairy digesters in America. With more than 100 projects, over 40 of them operational, CalBio has the expertise to help your dairy generate revenue by capturing methane and creating renewable vehicle fuels. Founded by a dairy farmer, CalBio considers itself the most dairy-focused digester developer, building systems to last generations, along with your existing family-owned operation. Now expanding with its subsidiaries, 
Northwest, Midwest, and Southwest Bioenergy, CalBio is ready to serve you. To learn more about how a CalBio digester could benefit your dairy, manure, and wallet, visit them at calbioenergy.com. And now Monica has done some work for Dairy Girl Network in what way? So Monica has acted, um, she's been a webinar speaker for us, and she's mostly just been a great resource to our members. So uh, being a rural mental health specialist, we have her really involved in that online community and interacting directly with dairy women. And she has been a speaker both for webinars and events for us and just really growing her as a resource with our members that they know that she is an expert in this field and that they can reach out to her with questions and comments and any concerns that they have as well. Well, thank you both for being here. I really appreciate it. Let's get into our our subjects here. Um, You know, we've talked about that dairy farmers and working with uh, both men and women on a dairy farm, but let's not forget that those of us in industry have some very stressful times too. So what can we, what can we say to that, Monica, about, about dairy industry people? I'm talking about people in sales, people um, uh, in s- providing service, uh, researchers, everyone else besides the people who actually milk cows. I'm so glad we're talking about this because I think in some of the initiatives that are around egg mental health or egg stress, we don't always think about the people in the industry, that kind of that second ripple around the dairy farmers. I um, thankfully get several opportunities each year to get in front of different egg industry groups, whether it's through like DGN or commodity groups. I mean, a lot of different um initiatives and companies and opportunities. But why it's important is because when we talk about the high rate of stress and mental health in farmers and ranchers, there are people that work with them very closely. And when you are working with clients who are chronically stressed, it takes a toll on you. Some of what we're seeing is called um, compassion fatigue. And that is when you are working with, and and ironically, this is like for veterinarians and animal care people as well, when you're working with people or animals that are in distress, and you carry that on your shoulders, and you think about it, and it kind of blends into your personal life and space, it has a tremendous effect, it can have a tremendous effect on your own mental well being. And so it's important to bring this conversation, broaden it out from our producers to the people you're talking about, the the egg industry folks, because, and many of them are producers as well. So it's kind of that double, double whammy that I'm working with the stress that comes from, from farming. And I'm also working with other farmers who are under stress. And so it's, it's a lot to take on and think about. The second part of that is that we know that farmers and ranchers who struggle often isolate. There are few people allowed in that bubble of isolation and they're typically egg industry people. So while the farmers farmers may quit going to church, they may quit seeking out their social network, guess what? They're still gonna see the milk truck driver, the nutritionist, the, the consultants, And so those people have an in 
And I think the more we can train them on warning signs, on suicide prevention, um, the, the more we will make an impact in lowering that number or at least spotting where red flags are. Sure. So yeah, egg industry is key on so many levels, both from a, a taking care of themselves perspective and a eyes on the producer and their family perspective. And Amanda, as part of Dairy Girl Network, we have quite a few industry members as well. Is that correct? Yeah, our membership is about 50% industry members. So we have a little bit from both sides of that world. You know, as we go along and spend our 24 hours in the day, and we we have to breeze through a lot of, of different and struggle through a lot of different things through our just our daily work. How do I identify if myself or someone is struggling with the stress or, or with mental illness? You know, one thing that um, is just kind of a rule of thumb, I guess, is when you know someone, and it's often easier to see it in someone else than yourself, but when you know someone and you know their personality, their habits, their, their, the way they look, their moods, their energy level, you know them. And so when you start to see changes in what we'll call their baseline functioning, that's a time to perk up and pay attention. So were they typically outgoing and interactive with people and now they're isolating? Were they okay at managing stress and now their temper is flaring or they're in tears all the time? Um, Were they interacting with their children and now they've just really pulled back? Um, So there's signs that usually point to just a difference from the way they've been functioning. When that gets a little bit tricky is when we talk chronic stress, when our farmers and their families have been under stress for years, it's not like it's a quick change. It's probably been a slow change over the course of years. Then it's more about, are people able to keep up with their daily functioning? Mm. Like, are you able to parent your kids the way you want to, or do you feel like sleeping all day long? You know, I have some moms that I work with that are just so incredibly overwhelmed and dealing with anxiety and depression. And they'll say, I just, I feel like I'm neglecting my kids because I'm just on the couch sleeping every chance I get. Um, And they're overwhelmed. They're struggling. In yourself, you usually can spot it just by mood, like I'm, I'm not right, or I'm in a fog, I, I can't deal with life. You may see an increase in substance use as a way of coping. So alcohol or drug use, um, you know, an increase in sleeping or a decrease in sleeping, increase in appetite, decrease in appetite. Um, so just some of those markers that are off balance from where you normally would be. Um, and sometimes it's health issues that erupt. So I have uh, a young lady I work with who has headaches every morning when she's at the farm. If she leaves for a weekend and is with friends, no headache. So what does that tell you? Um, You know, there's something going on there. Right. So sometimes it manifests in physical symptoms and often their headaches, stomach aches, or, or just bodily aches and pains. 
Right, right. Yeah, I think if I could just add on to that just a little bit, um, I am by no means an expert, but just from what we have been seeing too, besides the the physical factors and how to identify, one is also just asking someone wholeheartedly, how are you doing? We're seeing in a lot of especially the higher stress um, markers that people are likely to say, you know, I'm not doing okay. And then it's up to us to go with that information and take that conversation somewhere else. So a lot of times people are willing to say, yeah, I, you know, it, it's not fine or, oh, it's rough. And then, you know, you can ask, well, how, give me a little more information about that. Like what's going on. And then you build that relationship of trust right there where someone realizes, oh, they do want to listen to me. So that can be an easy identifying factor too. In talking to someone, Monica, what do you suggest that we if we say to our, our spouse or our friend or parent or child that we that we are working with? How what how do we approach this conversation? Because it can be pretty tricky. It can be, and that's such a good question because many times we're we're nervous to approach it because we are wondering what their response will be. Will they get angry? Will they snap back at us? Will they whatever? And so I'm, I mean, what Amanda said was perfect. It's going to them and just straight up expressing concern. Are you doing okay? And if they, if they give kind of a pat answer, I'm fine, you know, really good upper Midwest answer. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm okay. And you know, something's up, dig a little deeper. And that can be like, you know, I'm just asking because I've noticed ABC. So what are you seeing that's causing you concern? Um, I'm asking because I haven't seen you in church, you know, very much. And you used to be there all the time. Or I'm asking because it just seems like you're more quiet than usual. Um, So that's one way to approach it and see if that gets them to open up a little bit. Sometimes it helps to have resources with you. So I tell this to my egg industry people whenever I get in front of them is throw those cards or brochures in your truck for the services available. And I mean, this works. I talked to a group of agronomists um, last winter and early this spring, I got a call from somebody that said, hey, my agronomist gave me your name and number. I'm really worried about my brother. He's drinking a lot. He's isolating. And I was able to be there, you know, the next day. Great. And so again, those resources, because you sometimes the fear in asking someone how they're doing is what if they tell me they're not doing well? What if they tell me they want to kill themselves or they don't want to live? And we don't know what to do with that information. So that can prevent us from asking those questions. So have your resources sit in on a suicide prevention training. They have a lot of just one hour QPR is an example of a one hour training for anybody that just gives you some words to use. The the main thing is if someone, you know, if we're talking suicide is to not leave them alone and to get them help, to get them connected with resources. That's helpful. Have your resources handy and then be vulnerable and open with sharing some of your own struggles. And it's not in a way of trying to provide them with answers or solutions, but just connecting with them in a way that, you know what, I, 
I went through something similar. You know, this is what I was feeling and thinking at the time. And it's just opening up that conversation so that they feel comfortable actually talking about it instead of holding it in. Right. Breaking down that wall of stigma. That's uh, to me, I think that's, that's the growing up in the farming industry. I mean, these are people who are tough, strong, they deal with anything that comes their way and you're not going to get me down. And, and it's, it's just a really rough, rough and tumble world. So um, breaking down those walls, I think is, would be a really, it's, it's a difficult thing to do. It is. And knowing that other people have struggled and you can relate helps so much in breaking down that wall. I mean, the goal would be that we're just as open talking about our mental and emotional struggles as we are physical. And, you know, people are pretty open with, you know, telling their childbirth stories or telling their, you know, aches and pains or broken bones or kidney problems, or if they're a diabetic or whatever. I mean, we sure. share that pretty openly. Um, and so we want to take that one step further. If we're truly looking holistically, we want to be able to be open with our emotional struggles as well. And, and then you realize, you know, I'm not alone. This is a human experience and we are all in this together. And, and that's how we really um, truly can start to heal and and deal with symptoms and cope and and learn new strategies. Okay, so I've I've got somebody in my family or myself or a friend of mine and I've had that initial conversation um and there's an issue there or maybe they come back to me, maybe they've said, "Oh, I'm fine." And then a couple of weeks later they come back and say, "You know, I thought I've been thinking about what you said. I'm really not fine." What an honor to be that confidant that someone has come to you in general. So, how do we direct someone or how do we do direct ourselves to get some help? That is definitely where the resources come in. And I think it's important for people to know, you know, a lot of people have this perception of what counseling or therapy is like, and it's not at all what the perception is. It's like this right here. It's having a conversation. That's what I do all day with people. They're not laying on a couch being hypnotized or anything like that. It's just like a conversation. And to get people over that kind of that hump of it's not scary, it's not maybe what you're fearing it will be, let's just give it a try. And so to get them plugged in with a counselor, or if they're even willing to talk to a pastor or a priest that they trust or a mentor, um, you know, somebody that is a step in the right direction, and maybe that lands them with a counselor and maybe not. Um, Even primary care doctor, just go see your doctor, do a, do a full panel Um, of labs and make sure it's not a physical ailment. I mean, it's just a step forward, an action step forward, um, because there are physical things that can cause or exacerbate depression, anxiety too. So it doesn't hurt checking that out. Um, But the biggest thing is just take a step, take a step in a valued direction that is going to be helpful to you. And so I compare it again to like a physical ailment. If you're hurting, you, well, farmers do sometimes, but 
you typically will seek out care instead of just sitting with that hurt. And when we're mentally hurting and mentally struggling, it's important that we seek out care to help deal with that hurt. Doesn't mean we're going to be on medication the rest of our life, although maybe we will, and that's okay. You know, there are, there are ways to help and talk through it. And, and when we're in a bad place and we're hurting, it's just hard to think there's any hope at all, but there's hope. There's right. hope and there's people out there that can, that can help, you know, get you um, down the road. And another thing I like people to realize is if you go to a counselor or a therapist and it's not a fit, like you don't find it helpful, you're not connecting with that person, you don't feel like they understand you, don't quit. Just like if you had a kidney issue and you went to a kidney doctor and they weren't a fit, you wouldn't just quit, you'd find another one, right? And so with a counselor or therapist, same thing, if you're hurting, just connect with another one. And it does get old to have to tell your story several times, but it's okay. It's okay because you're taking steps in the right direction to get help. Now, Amanda, we talked about some of the Dairy Girl Network webinars and that kind of thing, but I know that on our uh, dairygirlnetwork.com, there is a page of resource there. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so we have a lot of really diverse resources that can help in a situation like this. If someone, you know, comes to you and you're their confidant, um, or if just you as an individual are like, I think I need to look into something. So this page has everything from national phone numbers um, and text lines and chats um, to regional. Um, in I know we have one for Iowa, South Dakota, Wisconsin, any of those regional areas that may even have a farm stress specialist that you can chat with directly. There are also um, articles. So maybe you do think that someone in your family is having an alcohol problem and you just want to read up a little more on that and maybe get some tips on how to uh, address that and start that conversation. There are articles and webinars and podcasts. And then there's also a lot of mindful stuff too for an individual. If you are feeling stressed and, and looking for a way to channel that energy or or something like that and do a little self-care. There are podcasts and reading opportunities. There's kind of a, a different piece for everyone and in a bunch of different medias as well. Have you run out of silage? Had to buy expensive, marked up feed to fill the gap? Maybe production's dropped due to lower dry matter intakes. Are molds or mycotoxins creeping through your piles or bunkers? And pitching the rot is a dangerous pain. Oxygen is the enemy. Pack it out, then keep it out with Seal Pro, the professional grade silage barrier film protection chosen by top professional farmers like you. Make more, better, safer silage with Seal Pro. Learn more at sealprosilage.com. You're right in that, that, that the resources are available at, at dairygirlnetwork.com. Okay, so your friend or yourself have, have gotten into some uh, therapy or some counseling, or, or maybe they haven't. How do I be a friend to someone who is going through something uh, with mental health? Continuing to reach out. Sometimes people that are struggling with mental health um, issues are not the easiest to be around. 
because they're overwhelmed or they're shutting down or, you know, they, they're frustrated all the time and it takes you being committed to reaching out, whatever that looks like, depending on your relationship. Maybe it's meeting for coffee once a week. Maybe it's going over and helping with chores every so often, volunteering to just take their kids for an afternoon and give them a little break. You know, it can be a lot of different things, uh, more than just talking. And so look for those opportunities. Another good way to look at having conversations with them, we feel often the need to help solve their problems or come up with answers. And we don't have to. You know, often what people are looking for is a listening ear. And so think of active listening, like we are listening to hear and understand, not listening to solve or or give an answer. And so just being that listening ear, that person that they can vent to is valuable. I mean, it's it's often um, a very lonely feeling to be struggling with mental health concerns. So if you know you have someone in your corner that's there for you, that's there to listen, that's really, really valuable. So thus far, we've assumed that the person that we're dealing with is open. So what do we do about the person that says, I'm fine, and then all of a sudden says, you know what, just leave me alone, don't talk to me. What do we do about that? That is so hard. And I get calls about this all the time. And sometimes I'm making the call and that's what I'm hearing. In fact, just yesterday I called a farmer and that's the answer I got. And I know very well, he's really struggling. And so you, uh, you know, there's a few things to do depending on their level, the level of concern. So number one, just keep checking in. Number two, if they have support people around them, like a spouse or adult children or a friend group, you know, sometimes it really helps to kind of get on a team, like make sure everybody else is on the same team. They're seeing what you're seeing. Not that you want to talk about this person behind their back, but it's more like gathering their support. One one family was very, very concerned about a, a brother, an adult brother, and they called me, not sure what to do, very depressed, isolating, drinking heavily, and so we and not willing to go get help. And so we just kind of talked about strategies. And what we landed on is that the siblings, they're all adults, would do a little mini kind of intervention. And so they all went to brother's house, they sat down, they said, you know what, we are very, very worried about you. This is what we're seeing. We feel like you need help. We know this lady. And they just had a really heart to heart talk, told him that, you know, they really cared about him and um, were worried. And that was all it took for him to be agreeable to talk. And there was a lot of emotion involved. And, and we know for farmers, that's, male and female, that's uncomfortable um, because we feel like we got to hold it all together or or everything's going to fall apart. There's, you know, different ways, obviously, when it's an adult, we can't force them to enter services or get help unless they are harm to themselves or others. So if there is any comments made uh, that are, are suicidal you know, I don't care if I live to see tomorrow. Um, I feel like giving up. 
Um, it's not worth it anymore. I don't know why I'm even trying. You know, they can be very indirect kind of subtle comments. If you notice, I talked to a farmer and they had sold all of their Springer heifers. What, what's that all about? And I just asked that question directly. Are you thinking about suicide? Because they were overwhelmed. It's like, okay, that just didn't really make sense if you're going to continue, you know, raising livestock. And so it can be a really subtle comment or action that you may feel a little red flag pop up inside of you and then just ask, are you suicidal? Are you thinking about killing yourself? And then from there, if it is imminent, like if they have a plan, if they have the means, then it really is a call to 911 or depending on where you live, there's mobile mental health crisis. There's the national, well, the 988 number just came out, which is very exciting. Oh, tell so, me about that. What's 988? Oh, 988 is kind of the 911 for mental health emergencies. Oh, interesting. And so it's just newly launched this month, takes the place of like those suicide hotlines. But you don't have to be suicidal to call it either. You can be just struggling with whatever and, and call and talk to someone. If you're with someone that is struggling and you're worried about potential suicide or if they're having intense anxiety or whatever, make the call with them. Just be right there with them. You can talk to the person on the phone, say, I have somebody here with me and, and talk it through. That may be the only way they call that number. Right. If you're doing it with them. Sure. And even if you have your resources for local, like someone like me or the farm center in Wisconsin, if you have any doubt that they're going to call and they're willing for you to call when they're standing right there with you, just call, call and say, I've got this person here. I just wanted to connect, hand the phone to them. And it may feel a little forced, but when we're struggling, we don't always, we're not always in a place to make those decisions for ourselves. So sometimes it takes being that, you know, taking that tough love approach to get them into taking the next step. So taking that next step then and, and working with someone, even though they may, may or may not want help. Um, I guess I'm interested in knowing how to take care of myself when I'm that confident or that person who is trying to help somebody else. I think it's probably important to take care of myself and set that example. What do you concur with that? Oh, absolutely. And this is another thing that I talk with egg industry people about is, is, you know, when you're working or helping others who are struggling, you've got to work extra hard to take care of yourself and it's got to be very intentional it just has to be because it doesn't naturally happen and so I kind of focus on four areas of taking care of ourselves one is just biophysical so eating right foods drinking water and milk um, get doing some intentional movement and exercise taking your medications as prescribed seeing the doctor, chiropractor, whatever, as you need to um, sleep. I mean, that should be at the top of that list. You've got to get sleep. That is the, that is like the basis for everything else working. So that's the biophysical thing. And then there's the psychological piece of taking care of ourselves. And that's really tuning into 
how are we thinking? Are our thoughts helping us? Are they not helping us? Because our thoughts are directly tied to our feelings. So if you don't like how you're feeling, back it on up a little bit. What are you spending your time thinking about? Is it helpful? Is it not helpful? So that's psychological well-being. The third is social. Are you surrounding yourself with people that are good for you, that are helpful? If they're not and you can't physically separate, how are you emotionally and mentally setting up boundaries so you're not opening yourself up to people who are, are not the best for you to be around? And then the fourth area is spiritual. And that's not sitting in church every Sunday, although for some people it might be. But spiritual well-being is all about what feeds your soul, what gives you hope for the future, you know, what, uh, what are your values based on, um, what brings you peace. So for some people, it's being in nature, being around the animals, it is prayer, it is music, it, it can be a lot of different things. But those are the four areas that uh, when I talk to people about self-care, we really hit hard on that. And included in those four areas are just many, many things. So like psychological, it can be mindfulness and meditation. That's also can be um, build the spiritual um, protective factor. So it's really being intentional about implementing something from those four areas in your everyday. It's not taking special time out or weekend away. It's how do I implement this as I'm doing my daily thing? I think that this subject really is, um, you can look at it so many different ways. And the behaviors uh, are just symptoms of, of what's going on in our brains. And it, it can be as simple as, hey, I've just got a lot going on and I don't know if I can handle this all the way through um, uh, mental health issues like anxiety, depression, bipolar issues, substance abuse, um, all those kinds of things that, that I think that people deal with and, and don't talk about. So I think that, that starting with talking to someone be it a friend or a, a family member and getting some help is, is a great thing to help, help us all get to where we need to be for both the person who is struggling as well as the people who love that person. I think that that's, that's important. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, Monica? I was just going to comment on you brought up substance use. And I was just going to comment on how that plays such a big role, um, especially in our rural communities with people who are struggling, because every little tiny town has a bar. And sometimes there's a bar like out on a gravel road where there's not even a town, you know, it's very accessible. And it is the social support network in many of these communities, the bars and the churches, typically, right? Right. right. And so... Yeah, in every little town. And so it's hard to help people understand that, you know, you need to stop going there, you need to stop drinking when that's like, I mean, those are the people that are going to identify if you're struggling or not, because they see you all the time. 
They're going to know if you're drinking more than normal or not, or if you're all of a sudden not showing up. I mean, I get calls from people that say, you know, I haven't seen so-and-so at the bar for a while. I'm worried about them. Where it'd be like, usually it's the opposite. Like they're at the bar all the time. I'm worried about them. So I think what I, you know, what I mainly want to say about that is if someone's struggling with alcohol or drug use, I talk to people who are like, I dump out all their alcohol that I can find and I'm searching for their stashes and what have you. Well, okay, but that's not what the problem is. The problem is what is driving that person to drink or use drugs? What is driving their substance use? And until that is dealt with, you can dump out all you want. They're just finding something else. And sometimes what we see is, even if someone stops one addiction, they just gravitate toward another addiction because the root cause has not been dealt with past trauma, mental health issues, whatever the case is. I just put that out there. So maybe people, if you're with, with someone or, or close to someone who is struggling with substance use, when the focus is on the substance it's not getting to the root cause. So as hard as it is to um, get past that, sometimes you just have to set aside the, the substance piece and talk with them about, you know, what's going on, what's driving that, you know, are there grief issues and are there traumas? Are there what's going on deep right. down? Right. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there on the substance use side of things. And I think, too, the, the substance uh, has to be addressed just as a physical aspect would be. You have to detox somebody off of that mm-hmm. before you can get to that why. Mm-hmm. But the why mm-hmm. is important, right? Amanda, do you have anything else to offer us today? No, I think um, I think Monica did a really great job of, of covering a lot of that and And when it comes to resources, I think just know that they are out there and um, there are hubs like Dairy Girls and others. Um, There are local um, resources. They are there. Um, And I think, like she said, it's a great idea to have those on you, whether it be a card or a pamphlet or something online like we have where you can just pull out your phone. We all know we have those on us 24-7 and go to it. And so I would just say, take a couple moments and and be prepared to know where those are. So if there is a moment in your life or someone else's life where you need to use those, that you you're prepared for that. Right. Helpful. Yeah. Right. And to repeat again, the dairy girl network web address is dairygirlnetwork.com. And there'll be a um, resource hub tab and you'll see a stronger together tab under there where that is always constantly updated and I'd also welcome if anybody listening to this knows a resource that they don't see on that hub to to please reach out to us where you know we're ever growing that resource and Monica how can someone uh, get in touch with you I'll just give my my cell number that's what's out there and that's how people uh, get a hold of me so my number is 218-280- seven, seven, eight, five. And I mean, don't, don't hesitate if, even if you're outside of Minnesota, it it doesn't matter if you want to call and just process through an issue. If I can help you find resources, just um, shoot me a text or give me a call. Okay. Can you repeat that number again, please? Sure. 
It is 218-280-7785. Well, thank you both. We have been have, have had a great conversation today on uh, revolving around mental health um, with Monica Kramer McConkie, a rural health specialist, counselor in Northwest Minnesota, and with Amanda Borkowski, who is the interactive media lead for Dairy Girl Network. Thank you very much, ladies, for joining me today. I appreciate it very much. I'm Connie Cooper with Seal Pro Silage Barrier Film and Connor Agri Science for Dairy Voice Podcast. Have a wonderful day.